everybody, and welcome to the David Glenn Show. Hope your afternoon is off to a fantastic start. We have some fun in store for you today, including, as you might guess, a whole bunch of March Madness. It is that time of year. Many of our state's teams are in the mix. We already know that our state will produce at least one regular season conference champion. There is a chance that we have more than one. The big guys, the little guys, and everybody in between are important to us as we bring you at least a coach a day all the way into April as we celebrate our status as the center of the college basketball universe, as we discuss resurgent Carolina and its win over Wake Forest, but also Duke getting revenge on NC State earlier this week. The Danny Manning watch continues at Wake Forest. Only one winning record in six seasons will cause there to be unpleasant conversations around you at any school, and that is the circumstance for Coach Manning. As the Deacons lose by 10 to Carolina, they did have recent big wins over State and Duke, among others, but they are going to finish with a losing record yet again on his watch. Most Wake fans who call our show believe the time has come to turn the page and find somebody else. There is a big, large, expensive, painful buyout involved, and that might have saved Danny Manning's job a year ago when a similar conversation unfolded. I take no joy in this part of our job description. Nobody wants to see anybody get fired. But as we pick over the NFL, NBA, NHL, and other headlines of the day, and as we look forward to NC Central coach Lavelle Moton, he has a chance to lead his Eagles to yet another MEAC title. They go head-to-head -head against arch-rival A&T tomorrow night in Durham. They, of course, would get the number one seed if they win. The Aggies would get it if they win tomorrow at next week's MEAC tournament in Norfolk, Virginia. That is where the automatic bid is at stake. Regular season championship and pride at stake tomorrow night in Durham. Coach Lavelle Moten, longtime friend of the program, will join us this hour, actually in less than 30 minutes. Joe Lenardi of ESPN, one of the most famous bracketologists of all, will drop by later in today's program. We also have a Wolfpack watch today. They did not play last night, but NC State's bid to join Duke and Louisville and Florida State and resurgent Virginia and to become the ACC's fifth and in all likelihood final NCAA tournament team this year, that story actually does take a new twist every day. Just as Wake fans are on their Danny Manning watch, just as Carolina fans are dreaming that now that the Tar Heels are playing more the way Roy Williams wants and prefers them to play, they've got a magical run in Greensboro on their minds, fans of that team in Chapel Hill. Even though the Wolfpack didn't play last night, doesn't play tonight, there are twists every single day to the Kevin Keats Wolfpack story as they try to make their second NCAA tournament in his three years at the helm. What do I mean? Well, it's not only about you, it's about those around you on the bubble. So that when Bubblicious Texas beats Oklahoma last night, the Longhorns bubble argument gets better. You want the teams around you to lose. 
You don't care how many teams that are already in the tournament, how many they win. You need fellow bubble members to lose. You need to take care of your business for state. That is at Wake on Friday. That is next Wednesday against a lower-tier ACC team at the ACC tournament. And then if you win that, it's next Thursday when the Wolfpack would get a shot, depending on how the seedings fall, at either UVA, Duke, Louisville, or Florida State. That's where the power rests if you're seeking a resume builder you probably need to win your next three if your state to feel really good about yourself on selection sunday otherwise it'll be a guessing game all the way down to the wire we will welcome your phone calls throughout today's show as we look forward to those great guests a little bit later my questions of the day for you include a couple of options number one some princeton university students have objected to a three-person committee of their fellow students announcing that NFL running back Marshawn Lynch, yes, beast mode, will be the featured speaker at what they call at Princeton Class Day. It is not their overall main event commencement day. It is actually an event that they have the day before. And it's all about the senior class, and some of the seniors give speeches, and they give out some goofy awards, and they have fun. It's like a commencement day, but it's a little bit of a lesser version of the bigger day, which happens truly 24 hours later, at least the way Princeton does things. Well, Marshawn Lynch was not as popular among the student body as he was in the eyes of this three-person committee that extended the invitation and accepted his yes. My question with that is in mind, as I elaborate on how that came together, have you ever witnessed a sports figure as a graduation speaker? Might not have been your graduation. Maybe you were just there in attendance. Have you ever witnessed a sports figure as a graduation speaker? And if yes, who was it and how did it go? Marshawn Lynch, if you didn't know, is actually a really interesting dude. He's a graduate of Cal Berkeley, okay? He's a guy who has invested in his community, whether he was with the Buffalo Bills back in the day or the Raiders. You know, he grew up in the Oakland area. He does a lot of community-oriented stuff. The funny thing about him when it comes to public speaking is he has reinforced time and time again he really doesn't like to speak publicly. He doesn't like speaking to the media. That is a fair question about how he would translate as a speaker at any college graduation-type event. He really has said repeatedly, he doesn't have any anxiety about public speaking. It's not one of those things. He just says, man, I like to play ball and let that do the talking for me. And I have teammates in these locker rooms that are better at talking to you, and I'd rather just leave that stuff to them most of the time. Well, Marshawn, of course, is a speaker enough that he attracted the interest of those Princeton students. Have you ever witnessed a sports figure as a graduation speaker? If yes, who was it? And how did it go? And another one for you. Would it be okay in your eyes for a guy who makes $40 million a year but missed the entire season for the team that pays him in the NBA that $40 million a year? Would it be okay for that same guy, if he's healthy by this summer, to play for Team USA at the Olympics? What if you were the Brooklyn Nets and you signed all those checks? $40 million this year and he's not going to play a game for you. Are you okay if the doctors clear him? He's not going to play a game for the team that's paying him $40 million, but he might represent his country again in his case. He's done so before. 
for free, essentially, not exactly, but you know what I mean, on the international stage as the Summer Olympics await in, in uh, Japan this year. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program. The ACC Women's Basketball Tournament is underway here in our backyard, so good luck to top 10 NC State as Westmore's Wolfpack women chase uh, that elusive ACC title that NC State as an athletic department has uh, had a hard time finding in the higher profile sports. The men's tournament looms in Greensboro, of course, next week. We will see you out there Tuesday through Saturday as the best of the ACC go at it. It will be a 14-team bracket this year once again. Georgia Tech has bowed out after accepting the postseason ban that it has received from the NCAA. The Spurs beat the Hornets last night in Charlotte. And Wake Forest legend Tim Duncan, recently in Winston-Salem as part of those 1995 ACC title team and Dave Odom festivities, he was San Antonio's head coach just for the night last night. Greg Popovich was away dealing with some kind of personal business. The way the rules work, Pop gets credit for that win. But Tim Duncan was officially in charge last night. Deferential as always. Timmy D gets a win. Kevin Durant is the player who remember injured his Achilles while playing for the Warriors in the NBA Finals last year. He did sign a four-year, $160-plus million deal with the Nets. He has not yet played for that team, but he, through his agent, has said he is contemplating playing for Team USA this summer, even after missing, assumedly, the entirety of this ongoing NBA season. You can chime in on that from KD's perspective or the Nets' perspective if you were signing those checks would you be okay with his return coming in the red, white, and blue rather than, rather than for the team in the NBA that is paying his bills? More on the Danny Manning watch as I see it and as you see it. More on the NC State Wolfpack watch as I see it and you see it. And more on last night in Chapel Hill. More on Duke Carolina looking forward to the weekend. A rematch in one of America's most popular sports rivalries. As expected, Carolina got revenge on Wake Forest last night. Just as, as expected, Duke got revenge on NC State on Monday night. What should you expect from the new-look Tar Heels moving forward? Folks, they've gone from a seven-game losing streak, the longest they've had in conference play since the league was created in the early 1950s, to a, an intriguing three-game winning streak. They are playing better ball in a variety of ways. You have questions and observations on Danny Manning, the Wolfpack Watch, the Tar Heels, the Blue Devils, and others. Have you ever witnessed a sports figure as a graduation speaker? Marshawn Lynch is scheduled to be at Princeton this summer. If your answer is yes, maybe your graduation, maybe you were just there watching someone you love get that diploma. Have you ever witnessed a sports figure as a graduation speaker? If yes, who was it and how did it go? Some students at Princeton are curious about Marshawn Lynch in that role a little bit later this year at that prominent university. 1-800-849-2761. Lavelle Moten later this hour. Joe Lenardi, ESPN Bracketologist. Next hour, your phone calls to 1-800-849-2761 is how you can join us on the David Glenn Show. Mike Lupica, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Sports used to be called the toy department, and I said, look at the political scene, and, and, and tell me that's any more real or, or more serious than what we see when people say, oh, stick to sports. Who passed that law? You're listening to the David Glenn Show. 
several games ago, I told him I want him to be more efficient. He really can be a very efficient point guard. We put him in a spot a couple of games where he felt like he had to score every possession himself, and his shot is much better than his percentage has been. But I grabbed him to shoot around today, and I said, remember, more efficient tonight. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Little Roy Williams from Carolina's victory last night on senior night over Wake Forest. 93-83, Tar Heels over Demon Deacons. That guy, Roy Williams, has Carolina playing a lot better. They look a lot more like right now a top half of the ACC team than where they've been all season, which is bottom half and often dead last. They're actually still there. Even after a three-game winning streak, remember, Carolina is tied with Boston College for the worst overall record in the league, 13-17. and 17. And they're still tied with Pitt and Wake Forest, last night's victim, for the worst record in league play, 6-13 and 13 for all three of those schools. The Tar Heels have only that trip to Duke left in the regular season. Carolina is playing better, and folks are wondering what magic might be awaiting them in Greensboro next week. I still don't see these new and improved heels as in the neighborhood of Louisville or Duke or Florida State or UVA for that matter, but certainly night and day difference from the beginning of the season from what they're doing now. Meanwhile, Danny Manning, who has had some nice recent wins, Duke State and otherwise, is back on the Danny Manning watch where, best I can tell, a majority of that fan base is ready to turn the page and move on after Danny is in the process of going, to, going through his fifth losing season in his six years with the Demon Deacons. Michael in Raleigh wants in on one of our questions of the day. Cole in Winston-Salem wants in on the Danny Manning watch. Others, the Wolfpack watch. Again, they didn't play last night. But when Texas puts up a big win over Oklahoma, the bubble gets even more crowded. It is about what the Wolfpack does, but it is also about what the other bubble teams do. We'll get to Michael. We'll get to Cole. We'll get to you. Questions of the day, the reminder, with Marshawn Lynch being announced as the Class Day speaker at Princeton, and there was some pushback from other students. Our question to you is, you ever, have you ever witnessed a sports figure as a graduation speaker? Doesn't have to be your graduation, but if you were there, who was it and how did it go? Some are skeptical about Marshawn Lynch as a speaker in such settings, in part because he famously showed up at press conferences in the NFL as a player saying, among other things, I'm just here so I don't get fined. I'm just here so I don't get fined over and over and over and over after having to pay fines for not answering questions at a previous press conference as mandated by the NFL. The guy is an interesting guy. He has done probably two or three long-form interviews in his entire career. He is a community activist. He has a lot of interesting stories worth sharing, but in his own estimation, he's not much of a public speaker. So it's a, an interesting question at Princeton as we pose it to you. Have you ever witnessed a sports figure as a graduation speaker? If yes, who was it and how did it go? Michael and Raleigh will be first up on that. Would it be okay if you owned the Brooklyn Nets and you paid Kevin Durant $40 million a year? And he didn't play a game for you this year. Are you still cool with him putting on the red, white, and blue this summer for Team USA? As an American, I'm thrilled to have KD on Team USA one more time. If I was the dude signing the $40 million paycheck, I'm not sure my conclusion, but there would be a conversation. I can promise you that. KD, man, I just paid you $40 million plus not to play. 
And I would imagine after a torn Achilles, the doctors are going to be a little bit careful with your return to the game. We'd like to get a lot out of you over these next three years since we got nothing on the court out of you here in year one. You can chime in on that interesting question as KD's agent shared yesterday that, yes, he is considering wearing the red, white, and blue again this summer. That would be a third time for him, but under unusual circumstances for sure. Michael and Raleigh, welcome to the David Glenn Show. Lavelle Moten of NC Central, live in less than 10 minutes. Joe Lenardi, ESPN bracketologist, will join us in hour number two. Michael and Raleigh, who was the sports figure who gave a graduation speech, and how did it go? Hey, hey, uh, yeah, long-time listener, first-time caller. It was Jay Billis down in Charlotte for Queens College about four or five years ago. It went great. You know, Jay's a good speaker. He's a professional. Uh, he, he did a great job. It was a smaller crowd. Um, he, his, his words of advice were, take as many pictures as you can today because you will never have as much hair or be <laughs> as skinny as you are today. And also, he gave another good excerpt about him leaving his car as he was trying to become a lawyer. Uh, he left his car at the office over the weekend, and the partners thought he was there working all week. So, yeah, <laughs> second piece of advice was also to leave your car at work. <laughs> well done. I'll tell you what. Billis is a regular guest on our show. I've gotten to know him really well, and I'm not kidding when I say this. I'm a master of ceremonies for a lot of events. I'm even the occasional commencement speaker myself uh, or a featured speaker in other contexts. I am not exaggerating when I say Jay Billis is in the top 1% of speakers that I have ever seen in my life as someone who makes part of my own income as a speaker. Sports radio is fun, and I love being a writer and an editor and a lawyer and all those other things. Being a speaker can be lucrative for guys of Jay Billis's status. I don't know how many commencement speeches he does, but I'm not kidding. I've been at several events where he and I were both on the podium. And I used to say, you know, you'd rather follow Michael Jordan at a dunk contest than follow Jay Billis at a speaking engagement. Like, he's funny, he's authentic, and he's just great. He's a great communicator, as he is as a broadcaster. It does not surprise me at all that Jay Billis was a great commencement speaker for Queens College in the great city of Charlotte. Cole is in Winston-Salem. As we follow the Wolfpack bubble watch, we're also following the coaching carousel. Boston College has a decision to make about Jim Christian. UNC Wilmington made a coaching change in men's basketball earlier this year. Elsewhere in the ACC, Georgia Tech has to make a decision on Josh Pastner. Four years, NCAA problems, but no trips to the NCAA tournament. For Jim Christian at Boston College, it's six years, no trips to the NCAA tournament, and rarely even the NIT. And at Wake Forest, of course, it is one NCAA trip in the six years of Danny Manning. It will be his fifth losing season whenever it comes to an end here shortly. Uh, Cole in Winston-Salem, I don't know if you're a Wake fan, but what are your thoughts as for the second year in a row at least? Wake fans seem to want to turn the page on Danny Manning, but there is a large buyout to consider along the way. Long time. I'm Paul. I'm a long time listener, first time caller. Good to have you with us. Mr. Mr. Glenn, um, when more fans from another school feel our college team, I'm a, I'm a long-time Wake Forest fan. Yeah. But, Mr. Glenn, if you keep doing the same thing, you're going to get the same results, okay? Uh, it's time for a change. 
it's just it's just time for a change. Frustrating. The students won't come to the game. It's just frustrating. Yeah. To sit in the stand year after year, and it's going on, and it's not going to get any better. And so a change needs to be made for new energy and new blood. And I would just like your comment. On I think that. you're speaking for the majority. I have mentioned this before. Connor O'Neill of the Winston Salem Journal put together this past week really a brilliant piece of sports journalism. We can all have our opinions, and some are more educated than others. Some do research, and some just think out loud aimlessly. Connor did a great job of good old-fashioned, you know, I'm a journalism school graduate. There are informational people in sports radio, and there are morning zoo clowns in sports radio, and everybody's somewhere on that spectrum. And I have no problem with clowns, by the way, if that's your thing. But we, with the journalism background, usually take a a little bit more of a different approach. Connor took the intelligent deep dive research approach. And if if you took Lawrence Joel Coliseum as your home court back in 1989, and here we are in 2020, this is going to be their lowest average attendance in their, what is that? It's 30-plus years. Lowest average attendance. So you'll fill it up for Carolina or Duke, and guess what? I've been there. I was there for the UVA game this year, and there were a bunch of Cavaliers fans there. Even more so, Duke or Carolina. Yes, the building is closer to the 14,000-plus capacity, but guess what? Royal Blue is filling half the building, or Carolina Blue is filling half the building, and... Sometimes you get a win, sometimes you don't, but there have been far more losses than wins for Danny Manning in conference play and even overall over the years. So check out Connor O'Neill's deep dive if you get a chance in the Winston-Salem Journal posted within the last week. He takes the kind of look that out here in Fanland, people can just kind of shoot from the hip and say whatever they want, pro or con. If you're the president of the university or you're the athletic director, you got to think in terms of the deeper dive you got to think in terms of who's not renewing season tickets. You've got to think in terms of a half-empty coliseum. You've got to think in terms of not just high attrition, that's nationwide, but an high, even higher than usual level of attrition under Danny Manning where a lot of guys who did not have the NBA knocking on their doors chose to leave Wake early anyway. Nobody begrudges Danny Manning if he turns John Collins into a first-round NBA pick and he leaves early. That's actually more good news than bad. You can use examples like that to recruit the next generation. That's a good thing. Happens at the best programs. When you have dudes leaving early, you know, just to play somewhere overseas, that's an alarm bell if it happens too many times. And it's happened a lot of times at Wake Forest where the team you're projecting to return the following year, hey, maybe he has a chance to make a step forward with that team. And then the two most important players don't return. That's, how, that's an old song at this point for Deacons fans. Right now, they have a junior big guy named Olivier Saar. He's really good. A junior guard named Sean D. Brown. He's really good. They will both play professional basketball. I don't know at what level. You could guess, surmise, whatever. But they're both pros. We'll see if they're NBA pros. Difference there, of course. But if they both return for their senior year and you bring recruits in, well, you have a chance, right? But... What are you going to do, poll those guys to make sure they're not leaving the way so many others left curiously early? Bryant Crawford, Doral Moore, and Dino Mitoglu, and so many others? It's a confounding situation, and I think we can all agree. Wake basketball fans deserve a lot better than what they've gotten for the last decade. The Jeff Buzdelic era was a true, complete disaster. 
Danny Manning did get them to the big dance that one time, but five losing seasons in six years almost always gets you shown the door in college basketball, especially at the Power Five level, and I expect that to be the case. I take no joy in saying that, but I do expect that to be the case next week uh, or soon thereafter whenever the Deeks play for the final time this season. 1-800-849-2761. NC Central coach Lavelle Moten is one win away from another regular season conference championship and will be among the favorites for the MEAC tournament championship. NC Central just had a tragedy in its athletic department, but there's something exciting on tap tomorrow night as the Aggies and the Eagles resume their great rivalry in Durham. He is a man of the people. He is a friend of the program. Lavelle Moten of NC Central next on the David Glenn Show. He's the UVA head basketball coach, Tony Bennett. You always believed in us. I guess you were the wind beneath our wings. There you go. How's that? <laughs> Do we but, have uh, background music That's for right. That? That's Bette Midler. There we go. You are the wind Keep it right here on the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. There are 18 Division I men's basketball programs in the great state of North Carolina. Two of them are going head-to-head -head tomorrow night for what might turn out to be the only regular season conference championship for any of our teams this year, anywhere across North Carolina, in any league. It is the Aggies and the Eagles. It is North Carolina A&T visiting NC Central, 7 o'clock tomorrow in Durham. The Aggies got the Eagles earlier this year when they played in Greensboro. It is the return match. Our next guest has taken NC Central to the big dance so many times that the nation has gotten to know him. He is a media darling. He is a man of the people, and he is a friend of the program. Lavelle Moten, welcome back to the David Glenn Show, man. How are you? Man, I'm wonderful, man. Appreciate you having me on, DG. It's great to have you on. Almost everything I want to talk to you about is happy stuff. Uh, and you and I have known each other for so long that there's always that whatever, not as happy stuff, and you have perspective and wisdom beyond most people I know. Your school's athletic department lost a young man named Trevor Van Dyke, former Clayton High School football star, young player in the Central program when he was shot and killed on Monday night. Uh, you grew up in a really, really rough area yourself. You talk about being one of the few who got out. Uh, what can you share just about the aftermath uh, of that community impact? Because a whole lot of people are sending condolences to Central and to Trevor's family and friends, of course. Yeah, it's tough, man. It's, it's, it's extremely tough. You know, it was a kid who was a, a, a freshman on the football team and you know, um, obviously the football team uh, supports us at the majority of our games, and we support them. And I just saw him last week um, walking in the gym. He mm. stopped and spoke. And, um, you know, it's really tough, man, because it's these acts of violence, you know, they become senseless, and it's innocent people or, you know, bystanders that's getting hurt, man. So, you know, the one thing I advise is just, you know, continue to, to, to pray for us all because this has definitely affected, you know, our program, our department, um, the university as a whole. Um, it was dark, it was morning, and it, it, it's really difficult um, because you instantly, anyone that's a coach or anyone that's a parent, you instantly put yourself into having to reveal that news to um, other parents, and that's, you know, that's not what we want, man, and it's, it's, it's hard. So it's really difficult at this time to find the words to, um, 
describe what we're going through um, as, a, as a university and as a community. So please keep us all in your prayers because it was really tough. You talk a lot about wanting to mentor the young men who play for you at NC Central on life lessons, uh, sometimes right. even more than on basketball lessons. So as, as you guys, heck, you're on national TV tomorrow night. Like there's just there's so many exciting, mm -hmm. joyful angles to this. Even the resumption of the Aggie Eagle Classic just on the hard court instead of the football field. What'll, what will your message to those young men be you know, given that they just lost somebody that even if they didn't know them personally, Trevor Van Dyke, uh, you know, he was a young athlete at their university and, and in a sense from their neighborhood. Right. You know, my, my message is kind of consistent, um, you know, through throughout the day. Um, at the end of every practice, I speak to them at least for five minutes just about life. Um, and I know that sometimes they get tired of hearing it. Um, sometimes they want to go ahead and escape practicing and, and go back to their dorms and do what they need to do and have fun and, and just enjoy being a, a college student athlete. But during tumultuous times, it clicks. And it's almost like your parent preaching to you every single day. It's like, what, what are they talking about? And then life hits you. And now you get to a point in time where you understand that they had your best interests at heart and they were trying to protect you and they were trying to share so much knowledge and wisdom, not because they're clair clairvoyant, it's just because they're, they've been through so many things and they're just trying to relay those messages down. And that's what I tell my kids uh, at my program. Look, I, I was here. I, I know the trials and tribulations and the, and the distractions that come along with being a North Carolina Central student athlete. And this is the traps. This is what you got to protect yourself from. And... I just need you to listen. So, you know, we've had that conversation yesterday, but it was it was pretty normal for us because we always have those conversations because, you know, the, the most difficult ages for kids that I found is 18, 22, and 30, and that's what we try to prepare you for. 18, because it's the first time you're out of your parents' home. Yeah. 22, because it's the first time you're going to be in the real world. And then the age of 30 is the first time, I call it like the coulda, shoulda, woulda age, it's the first time you realize I really don't have my life together and I could have and I should have listened to this person, that person, mm. and that person. And so now you start to have those regrets. So we try to prepare them for that 18, 22, and 30-year-old and reign so they can hit the, hit the ground of life and, and, and run productively. Just to be, just for the record, Coach, I still need you at 50. So I'm going to need you to add to that uh, 18, 22, 30 thing because I'm not yeah, done listening absolutely. to you. I'm not done listening to you yet. He was a superstar yeah, at, at Enloe High School here in Raleigh back in the day. Uh, he has been at NC Central, of course, superstar guard in the early and mid-90s. Uh, took a job as an assistant in 2007. He has been the head coach at NC Central since 2009, and he has taken the Eagles to the NCAA tournament four of these last six years as you get ready to seek that regular season title uh, on national tv against your rival tomorrow night you do get that game at home after falling to the aggies in greensboro what is it about the home cooking coach you guys have not lost a single game on your home court as you're trying to grab that number one seed at the MEAC tournament next week and as you're trying to clinch another regular season title yeah, I think it's the wave of college basketball. Everyone is just so much more comfortable at home. Um, 
you know, you can you can watch a team at home and then watch a team on the road, and you can say, who are these guys? And it, it happened to us a couple of times. We 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 we've been road warriors this year. Uh, we got some huge victories on the road um, throughout the face of adversity. At A and T last time, we didn't play well at all. It was almost like the moment was too big um, for us. And you know, we have so many guys that's never been a part of the rivalry, so it can be overwhelming. Um, you know, for a new guy to, to walk into an atmosphere as such, you know. So hopefully we got our feet up under us. And, you know, we always play better when it's our band. We always play better when it's our DJ. We always play better when it's our, our mm-hmm. fans um, and our cheerleaders. So hopefully we can take care of business tomorrow against a, a really tough basketball. If you follow Lavelle Moten on Twitter, you will get words of wisdom, words of faith, famous quotes, and a lot of other cool things, basketball and beyond. He is at Lavelle Moten on Twitter, our guest, the head coach of the North Carolina Central Eagles. What do you recall of your own senior night as you are going to say goodbye to some seniors, not their last game, of course, but their last home game in the regular season. Uh, you, yours was a long time ago at this point. I don't, I don't know how many yeah. memories you have yeah. of, of, what was it, 1996. But what do you recall yeah. from yours that you might want to communicate to your guys that you're, uh, you're almost coaching for the last time? Um, the one thing I remember about my senior night, my coach pulled me to the side. Um, after I think we were up like eight points with 15 seconds. He pulled me out the game and let me get a curtain call. Cool. And he hugged me super tight, and he whispered in my ear. He said, I want you to know you're the best player that I've ever coached in my life. Wow. And I never forgot that because I, I, I grew up in an era where I didn't get compliments every day. You know, to be honest, I got cussed out every single day. So he told me, I'm going to cuss you out to send a message to somebody else. And uh-huh. I was like, hold on, why don't you cuss them out? You know, so he was like, no, I know you can take it and so on and so forth. So for, for my entire senior year, he, <laughs> we laugh and joke about it now. But he didn't even call me my name. You know, like it was, it was, he called me out my name. And I knew what he was doing. He was doing it to motivate me. But that night, when he allowed me to uh, get my curtain call, he whispered in my ear. I love you, and you're the best player that I've ever coached, mm. and I've never forgotten that. And I needed him to develop uh, the totality of my manhood, and, the, the, and his name is Greg Jackson. So the principles of manhood that he taught me are the same principles of manhood that I try to uh, convey to our young men now. I forget the ages of your children now, but there have been some viral uh, videos. Six, seven and seven, eleven. Okay, seven and eleven. Seven and eleven. Uh, okay. So they've sometimes become famous because they were on the podium with you at an NCAA tournament event. Of course, there was that scary story from years ago. But I'm thinking of a viral video where I believe it's Lavelle Jr. crying because he thinks he's mm-hmm. never going to see the seniors again, right? Like, and, right. and you had to explain right. to him the deal there. Uh, does he does yeah. he view it differently now, or does he still have a hard time saying goodbye to his favorite seniors? You know what? He his favorite senior was Larry McKnight, and you know it was interesting to get in his mindset because his his bedroom, the play they, our kids got a playroom, and it's beside our master bedroom. So in his playroom, I got a Nerf goal on the back of his goal, 
And every night you could hear him playing and commentating the way we all did as kids. He was playing two-on-two, and at the time it was him and Larry McKnight versus Steph Curry and Kevin Durant. (laughs) And KD and Steph – KD and Steph ain't stand a chance. Like, he was commentating it, and they they, they destroyed him every night. So, in his mind, he didn't understand eligibility and freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. In his mind, he thought Larry's supposed to stay at North Carolina Central until he's old enough to come play in the backcourt with him. And when we delivered the news to him that, no, this is Larry's last home game, that's the video where you saw him breaking down. And I just thought it was such a genuine moment. And, you know, at the time, DJ was five and a half, six. So he's, he's known Larry over half his life. That was like his best friend. You follow what I'm saying? Yes. And it was, it just became so impactful. And the beauty of it is the kid can't watch the video to this day. If he watch it, even though it went viral and it was such a great video, he'll still get misty-eyed, and he can't answer questions about it because he loved Larry that much, and it reminds him of Larry, and he misses him. He tells Larry all the time. They still communicate. I miss you, and anytime he's playing in the league and BJ makes a move, he wants me to send a video to Larry. And for his birthday, I mean, this kid got birthday messages from Kevin Durant and Jason Tatum and Kyrie and everybody. None of that matters. His thing was, did Larry send me a video? Oh, <laughs> like, man. Like, this, is, this is crazy. So he loves Larry, man, and it's something that, you know, we'll cherish forever. And, and I'm glad he had an opportunity to impact the world to show people the genuine relationship that's fostered, you know, in our basketball program. Last thing for Lavelle Moten, catch him tomorrow night with his Eagles. Regular season finale, of course. It is the Aggie Eagle Classic basketball style in Durham. The winner will be the regular season champion and the number one seed at the MEAC tournament next week in Norfolk, Virginia. You've shared much of this before, but as we let you go and wish you well and thank you for your time, uh, I saw Mm -hmm. you and your uh, program profiled really by some talented writers. One was at The Undefeated, one was at ESPN, one was in the News and Observer. And the one I remember Mm -hmm. in the News and Observer, Coach, you shared like the exact moment in your life you can pinpoint when you fully realized that you had to impact other people. Can you just share that quick story that uh, I think you've shared before, but it was really impactful when I read that about a week or two ago. Yeah, if I I recall correctly, um, you know, the, where I grew up, man, like it was a housing project. Everyone had the same struggle, like everyone. And I would often see they had this unique thing, um, and they were so creative. They had these things called rent parties, which meant if someone was struggling to pay their rent, um, you know, the the community would get together and turn a, an apartment into a nightclub. And everyone would come over and pay $3, and at the door they collect the gate and the receipts, and they would, they would give it to the person that was in need. And I actually hated rent parties because everybody bought their kids, and now it's 25 kids in my little bedroom and stuff like that. So I grew up just seeing um, my family and my grandmother in particular being a cheerful giver. Yeah. And anyone that needed anything throughout the neighborhood, she supplied them. And here was a, a woman that was just, lived a modest life as well. So just growing up, I just took her spirit and I realized that it's going to be a blessing to be a blessing. And I won a Pepsi hot shot competition when I was 10 years old. And I came back from Washington, DC. I shot at halftime of the Bullets game back then. And I met 
Ronald Reagan and everyone, the president of the White House, and I came back and I was crowned champion of the world. And I told my grandmother, I'm going to buy you this big car and this big house and, and get you out of this neighborhood. And she said, well, all of that is important. She said, but I understand this. The two most important days of your life is the day that you were born and the day that you figure out why. And when you leave this earth, if people remember you as a basketball player, then you've done a poor job of living. Mm. And I was 10 years old, and that was really, really, really heavy to me. And the following year, she passed. And God bless her, because those are the things that I remember. And I didn't understand it at that moment. Yeah. But now that God has taken me where he needed me to go, I understand that my job is not only to be a basketball coach. I mean, that's cool and all of those things. But just teach people life skills. And by using basketball as a metaphor to do that, and that's how I've been a blessing to, to others. So. And there, there was a really cool story you told us one time. I think it was Marvin Gaye had died, and your grandma pointed yeah. to the TV screen or something, where, of yeah. course, it shows, you know, yeah. Marvin Gaye, and then it'll have the, the year of birth, dash, the year yep. of death. Yep. And grandma, like, yep. defined the dash, right? She's like, the dash yep. is what matters between yep. the two numbers, right? Absolutely. That, that was Absolutely. just crazy was stuff. It was April 1st, 1984. Our phone was ringing crazily. Uh, you know, back then, the phone only stopped ringing for two reasons. Either the person calling hung up or you answered. That's how it was. And it rang like a hundred times. And it was my mother's best friend. And I, she asked me to give my mom the phone. And she told my mom, she said, um, Marvin Gaye is there. Mm. And I've never forgot the look on my mom's face. It was kind of, the last time I felt that feeling was with Kobe's death. You know, like it was that same similar feeling in our neighborhood. My mom said, run to your grandmother's house and tell her that Marvin Gaye died. My grandmother stayed two blocks away. I ran in there and I told her that Marvin Gaye died. And she said, what? And she ran to the TV and she cut it on. And I think it was like ABC or something. They were doing a special on Marvin Gaye at the time. And then they went to break and they did a moment of silence. And when they went to a moment of silence, his birthday, April 2nd, 1939, flashed on the screen through April 1st, 1984. And she said, see, I want you to understand something. His birthday, that don't matter. His death date, that don't matter. The only thing that matters is that little dash in between because that's his legacy and that's his impact and that's how people will remember him on this world. So make sure your dash is always strong before you leave here. And again, I'm 10. Yeah. <laughs> 1984, I was 10. And this is the smartest woman that I've ever known, but she never had a formal education, but she just taught me some of the most profound life lessons that I just try to share with others. He is a man of wisdom and perspective. I've heard he's a pretty good basketball coach, too. Catch the Eagles against the Aggies tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, ESPNU, if you cannot get there in person. Coach, thanks, as always, for the time here on the David Glenn Show. Good luck against the Aggies. You're the best, EG. I appreciate you, man. Thanks for having me. Right back at you. Joe Lenardi of ESPN. In a little more than 10 minutes, your phone calls, too. We're glad you're a part of it on the David Glenn Show. I made a reference to Mike Krzyzewski of Duke and his GOAT status. And I kid you not, I got angry emails. If I really wanted to insult somebody, I would include some kind of sentence about being in the leaping prairie chewing on grass. This is The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. The Danny Manning watch continues. The Wolfpack watch continues. Carolina over Wake last night. Duke, Carolina awaiting us this weekend. There are four ACC games tonight. The ACC Women's Tournament is underway in Greensboro. 
Other men's conference tournaments also are underway. You got the Aggies and the Eagles going at it. Our guest Lavelle Moten back on his home court with a shot at another regular season title. And maybe, we'll see, maybe he takes the Eagles to the NCAA tournament one more time. We're rooting for as many bids as our state can possibly get. And right now, that number does not look quite as large as it usually does at this time of year. More college basketball in hour two. Your phone calls, the KD question of the day, the graduation speaker question of the day in honor of Marshawn Lynch's upcoming trip to Princeton for those purposes. Joe Lenardi is one of the original bracketologists and one of the most famous. He chronicles exactly where the wolf pack falls on his personal bubble. And he joins us on the other side from my hometown of Philadelphia and ESPN. Joe Lenardi next. Dean in Wilmington, you're up on the David Glenn Show. The NCAA book on violations is so sick Superman has trouble carrying. This is true. However, it's not buried into the small print in the back that you're not allowed to drive luxury cars that aren't yours. Okay? <laughs> Keep it here on the David Glenn Show.